Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. This is Beyond Confidence with your host, Divya Park. Do you want to live a more fulfilling life? Do you want to live your legacy and achieve your personal, professional, and financial goals? Well, coming up on Divya Park's Beyond Confidence, you will hear real stories of leaders, entrepreneurs, and achievers who have stepped into discomfort, shattered their status quo, and are living the life they want. You will learn how relationships are the key to achieving your aspirations and financial goals. Moving your career or business forward does not have to happen at the expense of your personal or family life, or vice versa. Learn more at www.diviapark.com and you can connect with Divya at contact at diviapark.com. This is Beyond Confidence and now here's your host, Divya Park. Hello listeners, this is Divya, your radio show host from Beyond Confidence and I want to share with you that this is a pre-recorded session. So we will not be answering your questions. However, as always, please reach out to me at contact at and I'll be happy to answer all your questions. And if there are any questions for our guest, we will be sharing his contact information at the end of the show. Feel free to reach out to Jonathan. So I wanna share that today's guest is a special guest from overseas, from UK, and uh, Jonathan and I have worked together on conference. It was part of his author conference. And that's how we came to know each other. And Jonathan has a really different way of looking at life where. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. And Hello. he calls himself a funky thinker. He's a podcast host. And he's on a quest to interview interesting and innovative business people from all around the world. And Hello. his aim is to give business people a platform to show who you are rather than just what you know. And I'm all about that too. So welcome, Jonathan. Thank you. Good to be here. And it's an honor to be, um, I suppose, entrusted really with your trust. Because um, a, a lot of this internet thing is... Um, we take we get something from, I said this this morning actually we said this you know we get something from Amazon or we get something from Pizza Hut or whatever your takeaway app is and it arrives 
and we're pretty we're quite happy. But when we work online, you know, we take a risk with either what we listen to or what we watch or who we interview. So it's quite an honor to be entrusted to be on your show. So thank you. Oh, that's really, really, very kind, Jonathan. I've seen you ask questions and I prefer honesty over just polish, which does not mean anything. Well, I just think that my mom used to say that, you know, if you tell, we when we were kids, if you tell lies, you have to have a good memory. Oh, yes. Not only memory, like, you know, you for telling one lie, you can tell like 50 of the lies and it's like, okay, what yeah. was the truth? And then you start believing it and then it just kind of ends up in really bad situation. And I don't, I don't necessarily mean lies. I mean, you know, if we polish things up that possibly they aren't or weren't intended to be. Uh, I mean, we live in a world now where, you know, I could sell you a box with gold written on the side, on the top, and you could buy it and uh and you open it and it's not got gold inside and you say hey i never said it got gold inside i just said it says gold on the top so <laughs> that's the world so it, i don't mean lies i just mean we have to be careful and be aware of what we're doing yes absolutely it's so important yeah. to be aware of what we are doing because regardless whether we realize or not whatever we do has an impact on our family has impact on our neighbors yeah. And it has impact anywhere around you go because think about it is like, for example, you're in a subway. Uh, what would you call in UK tube? Yeah, tubes, yeah, London Underground, yeah, tube, yeah. Yeah, tubes underground. You know, you're traveling and let's say if you're really, really in a bad mood and now you're standing there grouchy with a scowl on your face and then what happens is people around you like, oh, okay, you know, man, let me just kind of be five feet away from this guy. Whereas, you know, you're just kind of standing there. Even though it may be crowded in the morning, people are going to their job. People are going for work. And it's even just having a little smile for somebody. It does not have to go from year to year because you're not going to smile at strangers, but just, you know, having that little smile in your eyes and a little nod to somebody and people are like, okay, it just creates a different energy. So I totally agree with you there that it's important to be aware as to what we are supposed to be doing and being aware and being mindful of things. So you definitely said that I am a fan of mindfulness and. Well, I got, I got two little stories uh, about that. And uh, oh, the, please first to one, share. Yeah, the first one, well, podcast guests really, not my stories, but the first, uh, the podcast guest I had about two weeks ago, uh, C.K. Golding, and if you've not heard of him, go check him out. And he did an experiment. He's from the same part of the world uh, as me, and we're about 170 miles north of London. And uh, South Yorkshire, North Midlands, perceived as quite a friendly place to live. Um, he he went down to London. I mean, you, you don't you don't talk to people on the London Underground because they're just that busy either with their headphones on or looking into their phones. And he did a, what he called a social experiment to prove that London people are polite and friendly because he'd get on the train. Hi, how's it going? How are you doing? How's it going? <laughs> people who kind of, you know, who's this idiot? <laughs> you know, he's got on and done that. And the second one is a, a guy that I had on uh, yesterday, Sorab. And he said that his, one of his rules, if he's feeling tired or angry or stressed or whatever negative emotion you want to use, his rule is that he doesn't call 
friends or family or co-workers or colleagues because that would be that would be unfair on them it's not it's not it's not their fault that something's happened to you so go get a cup of coffee think about it consider your response rather than these days we're encouraged to pick up the phone and find somebody to shout at and um that's not very helpful Mm -hmm. Um, so so I I thought that's a fantastic rule feeling stressed annoyed angry don't talk to anybody go 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 do something else for 10 minutes or whatever oh absolutely that is a fantastic rule and I really like what you shared about your friend CJ holding because I do that in every city or town I go you know whenever I'm traveling from the minute I get on the plane or I'm at airport I'll just kind of check out. I'll just kind of smile and do the social experiment. And I'll tell you, regardless of what city you are in, <laughs> people, they'll smile back. I mean, yeah. not of course everyone. Some people do think that, oh, who's this crazy lady? Yeah. And not like I'm not smiling, like I'm not grinning at them. It's just a little nod and a little smile on face. And I've found that quite a few people respond back. I think it would be an interesting social experiment to do. To and I think the key is probably to be to be quite humble. So you wouldn't expect to high five a stranger, but just a hi or a hello is is quite a little humble. Because um, we're when we're in a public setting, quite often there's a lot of kind of testosterone flying about men and all that stuff, and you know, and to be humble, but know that you are being humble is quite is quite a cool thing to do. Because mm-hmm. the guy thinks, oh, this guy's weak. He's weaker than me. But you know that you're not because you're playing a little social experiment. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It makes yeah. perfect sense. And another thing I'll share with you, Jonathan, is that you're being humble. And my goal is, so I'll share something. This is something that uh, I've been working on for past several years where, you know, coming from neuroscience background, I know that Actually, this is a very, very interesting fact that I was actually listening to one of the TED Talks and in the TED Talks, the gentleman or girl, I don't remember whose TED Talk it was, they start out with something like, you know, $20,000 in your pocket. And I'm like, okay, like how does you get to $20,000 pocket? And of course, it kind of grabs your attention. And as things are moving along, they said that if you had $20,000 in your pocket and the feeling you would get, you get the similar benefits and advantages in terms of chemical responses from your brain if you are to smile. I'm like, whoa, I can be a millionaire every single day. So why not do it? I mean, it has got so many benefits that to me, smile is one of the most powerful five letter English word. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say that. Yeah. I mean, I... I don't know much about all this kind of stuff, but I read somewhere that the brain believes what it's told. So if you walk about with a grumpy face, the brain thinks, oh, we're going to be in grumpy mode today and the tension and all that stuff in your body and your arms and your shoulders. And most of us that spend most of our time hunched over computer screens, that's kind of bad. Uh, and, and yeah, but the whole thing, this whole thing interests me about how we, we interact with technology which i mean humans have quite simple needs right we have needs of food drink water sleep you know that's about it 
and so as a result, we haven't really um, evolved that much in the last thousands of years or whatever. We, but then all of a sudden, we've got all these all this technology comes in that we're not we're not ready for. And you know, we get there's a story on the news the other day where a girl had had she'd been to hospital to have a, something done to a thumb because she spent all her life texting or Instagramming or whatever. And the the, the medical correspondent on TV said, you know. The thumb isn't intended to be a pointing device. The thumb is intended to be a stabilizing device. So she's using this thumb for something what it's not designed to, and as a result has damaged the ligaments and the tendons and all that stuff. Uh, and she's walking about with her arm in a great big cast. Oh. Uh, which is, yeah, but it's just a sign that we're doing things possibly that we're not intended to do. And we're really quite basic creatures, aren't we? Um, yes, you're absolutely right. They are basic yeah. creatures. And when you look at the evolution of human brain over millions of years, it's uh, totally different where it has just uh, evolved to suffice. And when I say suffice is that, you know, do simple things, convert them into the automated habits so we don't <laughs> have to think about it. We don't have to worry about it. It's just like riding a bike, right? That's why they say that, oh, for anything that you have learned, they'll say, oh, it's like riding a bike. It will come back again. And so you're absolutely right. It's we are simple human beings. So but, let's, but, now, but sorry, now all of a sudden we've got into a world where even waiting for a microwave is, uh, is too long for some people. We <laughs> <laughs> can't be able to wait for a microwave or something. How did we get talking about this? I don't know. Um, Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's you bring up a great, great point because I'll share something with you is yesterday I was in a workshop, you know, around intergenerational communication because I believe in continual learning. And then we were discussing how these five generations have evolved. So, for example, people who are born before 1946 are called traditionals. Mm-hmm. People after from 1946 to 1964 are baby boomers. And after that comes X generation, latchkey kids, and then comes millennials. And now Z generation, people are born after 1997. Like, you know, kids around mm-hmm. nine, uh, 18, 19, 20 years old entering workforce and like a communication. How do we communicate? And then when you're talking about that, people don't have patience and this youngest generation, because of technology, has no patience whatsoever. Everything mm-hmm. is right now. <laughs> so you are absolutely right to the point that it does make a difference. Like it's like, okay, microwave is too much. And when you take away that patience, it doesn't do any well because you know life doesn't work on microwave or that quick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, here's an interesting thing which we realized around the Christmas holidays that on New Year's Eve, I think this is right, on New Year's Eve, it was the last day when all the children were born in the 20th century and all the adults were born in the 21st century. Mm. Because on the 1st of January 2018, a load of people would be 18. Right. And that although it takes a second or two to get it, that had uh, missed a lot. I didn't see that on the news, mainstream news. That's the sort of thing that they talk about, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. 
but nobody's unlocked this. You're right. Nobody's unlocked this generational uh, question problem. See, I think this is interesting because I, in the last year or so, I have met up with uh, five or six lads from school that I used to go to school with. And so we haven't seen each other for just over 30 years. And it was interesting that, and we've discussed this, that uh, in kind of grumpy old man style of discussion, that by the, <laughs> by the time you get into your kind of middle, early to middle teens, you know, 14, 15, you've kind of figured out how the world works. You've figured out where you fit into it. You've figured out what kind of technology you're comfortable with. And you've figured out, you know, who you want to hang around with because none of us, there was one, two, three, four, five, five of us, and none of us were doctors or brain surgeons or, you know, top perfect legal professions. And none of us were forklift truck drivers or, you know, warehouse operatives. We were all in that kind of middle ground of things. And by the age of 14, we'd figured out where we were in the world and we'd found people like us uh, none of us had got any tattoos, which is quite unusual in this country. Uh, none of us had, we'd all got kids and we'd all got married and we'd all, we're all married to the mother of our kids. There was no stepkids or divorce or anything like that involved. So we got no kids coming at the weekend to stay. Um, we'd all got similar outlooks on the world. And I think that you, you, we like security. He's about talking about humans. Humans like security. So it's probably not a good thing for me to go hang around with a load of uh, Harley Davidson people because I just wouldn't understand their culture. I wouldn't understand their language. I wouldn't understand their, um, their, how they think about the world. They probably have a quite a painful induction process as well, which I don't want to think about. Does that make sense? Oh, it definitely makes sense. Yeah. It's security is so important for us. And if you take a look at Maslow's triangle, you know, like where we start out is, we start out with the basic needs. Mm -hmm. First you need food, water, and shelter. And from there, the next is security. Security is really important to human beings. So definitely that makes sense. So let's talk about who is Jonathan. So do you remember any favorite memories from your childhood? Any favorite memories from my childhood? I remember I got a bike once on a Christmas day and I was busting to go out on it and slipped on some ice and scratched it. That was quite traumatic. I was been about 10, I would guess, 10 or 11, because mm. the roads were icy. Um, and that's, I don't know what it'd be like now. Well, kids don't get bikes anymore for Christmas, do they? They get, they get computer games. Um, and it's, it's quite interesting that I've discussed this on the Funky Thinkers podcast and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people uh, hold on to bad memories and they wish they could go back and, <clears throat> excuse me, turn the clock back and relive something again. But I realized that you can't do that. Um, I can remember the first day at school where we all stood outside aged 11. Mm-hmm. That's obviously, you know, and and I just, what it must be like to be the first guy called in, you know, they'd read out your names and all that, and you're the first guy called in. Um, so, but generally speaking, the 
early 1980s weren't that much of a fun place to hang around in the north of England because Mrs. Thatcher was doing her thing. We had a lot of heavy industry that was closing down, uh, coal mines, uh, steelworks, uh, and all that stuff. And generally speaking, it was a part of the in history where you kept your back to the wall, your eyes uh, on the object, your hands in your pockets, and your mouth shut. And it's mm. been really difficult to come out into the, this kind of world of the internet where everything's filmed and everything's on. And, you know, if it's, somebody said to me the other day that Mr. Khrushchev never banged his shoe on the United Nations desk because it's not on YouTube. Mm. And I thought, what a, what a world we now live in. Uh, so, I, yeah, I, what do you, what do you ask about? Childhood memories, scratch bite. Chemistry set was a fun one at Christmas when you're about eight. That's good. They don't probably they're probably illegal now. Um, <laughs> chemistry sets for kids. Uh, we we I once went to uh, Calais, which is in northern France, on a day trip with school. Now that was a pretty full on day. So we met at school. We were about fifteen, sixteen. Uh, met at school at two a.m. You get the coach down to Dover, which is five hours. You, you go across the channel, which takes about an hour on the ferry. You have a day in Calais. You come back. And I would say, as far as expeditions go, when you're age 15, that's pretty full on. To go from the north of England to France and come back in the same day. That's, that's pretty full on. And uh, I suppose that was the first time I went to a foreign country out with my dad. Oh, that is fun because, <laughs> you know, as you said, like you can go and come back within a day. That is, that's a lot of fun from a kid's perspective. Especially living where we live, which is a good five hours down to Dover. Ah, okay. Um, you could bob over. It fairly only takes an hour. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, how well, do you want to keep going or what? Ah, no, this is good. We'll, we'll continue going. So do you recall, like, you know, when you were growing up, it, it could be any time, you know, in your grade school, like up to 11th or 12th grade. And did you know what you wanted to do with your life back then? When you say 11th or 12th grade, how, how old how old are those? Uh, I would say like anywhere, like, you know, in your teenager between right. 14 to 16 years old, when brain is still developing, teenagers don't know, they're still identifying mm. and connecting with their identity and there's so much peer pressure from schools, peers, you know, like with fashion and all this. And yet some young teenagers know what they want to do. And yet some don't. No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I, uh, when I was about 15, I had a month off school cause I had pneumonia. Uh -oh. And that was kind of a month, uh, out of, you know, laid on my back, not doing anything. And so that can knock me back a bit. So I had to do maths reset, I had to do geography reset. And uh, so that kind of knocked me back a bit. Um, but I always remember when the first day in what we call sixth form, which is age 17, 18, and Tuesday afternoon was uh, sports afternoon. So you did sport all afternoon. Well, unfortunately, I had to do maths reset and geography reset. Uh, but I got a little bit surprised when two lads were heading towards the nearest pub with a snooker queue. Uh, I don't know if you know what snooker is, but it's like pool. So they were, they were heading with a pool queue each to the nearest uh, pub and that kind of surprised me I didn't know what I wanted to do um, in that time it was you either went to steelworks or you went down the coal mines 
And um, mm. so I went to do management at uh, college, management degree, which was quite a step really because nobody in our family had ever done anything like that. Um, go to a different city, live in a different community, um, study stuff. Uh, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do. Mm. But I knew that this is the next thing to do. So we, we, we quite often, we think, in, uh, we think in ladders and we think in pathways, don't we? And at, right. at that time, that was the next pathway for a kind of what I call a semi-bright kid. I mean, I never went to, there were some kids that went to Oxford and Cambridge to do heart surgery and heart, you know, surgeons and all that. That wasn't me. Mm. But for what I would call moderately bright kids, that was the lo next logical step. Ah. Um, so a question for you, like how did that management position work out for you? Um, worked out all right. I, as a result of that, got a job with local council, uh, whatever you, I don't know what you call them, local authority, municipal authority, and that, well, that went okay. Uh, that, well, that was the, the seed, the inkling, if you like, uh, the very beginning of Funky Thinkers, because I knew that uh, you got to, you're in a small town mentality, you're in a small town environment, for any kind of promotion, you are waiting for dead people's shoes, literally. Mm. Uh, and I, I remember going to a presentation, you know, you when somebody leaves or retires or whatever, you go to a presentation. And I was at this point assistant manager or supervisor, you know, operations manager, whatever. Uh, and this guy had been there 40 years. And I just thought, if I, if I go, if I do this for the next 40 years, I'll go nuts. <laughs> so, so that's awesome that you know you were able to figure it out that okay this was not for you and that's you know so with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Many times what happens is people are stuck in their jobs. And as they call over here, golden handcuffs, and I'm sure probably they yeah. call it overseas as well. So when we talk about golden handcuffs is having those benefits, 401k, not that every company provides that. Vacations, sick time health yeah, benefits yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're like okay you know if i calculate like how much all this amounts to and if i go and step into entrepreneurship oh my how is it going to happen i'm going to support my family and all these thoughts come and you may be unhappy and you still continue doing what you may not like and of course i'm not saying that they're not people who don't love it so when i used to be in corporate job i used to like my job because i was part of biopharmaceuticals and we used to make these life-saving medications for which sometimes patients did not have any of the medications and they would be waiting at the other end and that made it so worthwhile. Mm. So you found that, that it was not what you wanted to do. So then what was your next step? I wouldn't say it was awesome. I used the phrase, it was a painful, difficult process that took a number of years 
and a number of sleepless nights to realize that I was better than this. I was um, not stretched intellectually or just all the things that you said. I mean, you just summarized it. So I got a chance to do some uh, classroom training for a neighboring authority. Uh, and I did that. This was government legislation training. So I did that. Uh, got picked up by a consulting firm. Uh, they, they, uh, this was a case of I couldn't spell consultant last week and now I am one. And mm -hmm. this was, this was uh, going in as a trouble. It was called, I was technically speaking a lot of time, interim manager, which is a, is a polite way of saying you went in and started crashing into things. Um, which is good, which is good because I, I, you probably worked out, I'm quite a direct kind of person and, and going in and, and crashing into things. And it's like going to somebody's house when you see that the pictures aren't straight and the clock's telling the wrong time. It irritates you to death, but they live with it. Mm -hmm. They've got a wonky door that, uh, they've got a wonky door that won't shut properly. You have to bang it. You know, that, that kind of stuff. And first of all, if anybody's listening, consulting 101 is that you are, first of all, you're crashing into procedures that aren't working. And then next, unfortunately, you're crashing into people. So let me give you an example. So I went to work in some uh, contact center, call center. So, you know, they've got all, so you ring this number and you press one for this and two for that and all that. And um, I turns up and uh, I've got loads of these little stories. I'll just tell you two. And, uh, um, so the, there's phones ringing off the hook. We go to this meeting and um, they've got call time professor, wait time professor, average ring time, uh, average number of callbacks. That's the number of times a person has to call back before they get answered. Uh, officer break time, officer lunch time, officer personal convenience time. So I turns up and they pay a lot of money for all this software. I turns up and says, why do people ring up? Complete complete blank faces. I say, why do people ring up? Hmm. Uh, and this is, this is the thing that it gets to the front page of the newspaper because this person's had to ring up 20 times about an issue, about the bin not being emptied or the school or the whatever. And if it gets answered within all those number of times correctly, there's no problem. But then it goes to the front page of the newspaper and, uh, it suddenly becomes an issue and nobody knows why. And so that, um, that's the, not really answering your question, but that's the kind of skill of consulting. And it, it's pointing out the absurdity of what a lot of people do. So the second story is that I once went to work in one place and on the first day, you know, you start a new job, you go in with the director and he's giving you like a big picture overview. Um, I'm walking past the office and there's phones ringing off the hook and all that stuff. And I'm thinking, this is, the afternoon, and then I had to go to some corporate briefing about something. So that was day one. Day two, nine o'clock, the mayor and all the elected officials come around, and the mayor says, you know, what do you do? I said, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. what." And he looked at me a bit kind of bizarre, and I said, I don't know. Um, and he kind of looked at me and carried on walking. And so a lot of it was... was uh, looking at things from an outside lens, from an outside point of view, and in a lot, in lot of cases, pointing out the blind and the obvious, um, which wasn't hard. It was hard emotionally because you're away from family. It was hard 
um, travel-wise and all that, but the actual work, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's that's me. Is that, I don't think that answers your question, but it's a good answer to some question. It, it doesn't matter. You know, we are having a conversation, and that's the fun of this uh, type of organic conversation. We go yeah. where, where the conversation leads us. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, like, you know, as you continued your journey, you figured out that, okay, this is not my area. And also you were building these skill sets to be a consultant. Yeah, I, I, uh, well, on a practical level, this, a lot of this was government funded and the money ran out. So, you know, it was, they've got to spend real, real pound notes, which uh, was a problem. So I knew needed to have something. I, consulting skills are, looking at something from a from a from a uh, from a different perspective i'll just tell you one quick story i had to go one uh one place i had to go on monday morning at nine o'clock with one piece of paper with what i was going to do that week and on friday afternoon i had to go with a one piece of paper of what i'd done that week and i just after the realize i realized what a beautiful approach that is because it, it stops as being, and especially now, I mean, this was, this was five, 10 years ago, but especially now it's even more important that we focus on what matters. We, we cut through all the noise and the junk, what is there. And I love that one piece of paper. And I use it myself, even though it was, this was a client that was, that was um, using it, the, the one piece of paper. So you've got one piece of paper. And it goes back to the story about, you know, the, uh, the microwave generation. They, they want to know, okay, what do we need to do? This or that, right? What's the, so I built a toolbox of, I wrote a book actually called Confessions of an Interim Manager, where I recount these, a lot, a lot more of these stories, humorous uh, stories about IT contractors and all kinds of other stuff. Mm. And just looking at again the absurdity of life when when uh, one place was outsourced to Fujitsu, who are a IT outsourcing firm, you literally had to ring Bangladesh to get a guy to come and unstuck the printer, and he was in the office next door. Um, you had to log a ticket with a Bangladesh call center. So I built the skill set of, and I might come across as quite quite direct and quite uh, opinionated. Um, some of that's deliberate some of that's by accident I mean there's quite a lot of pressure on the shoulders of, of I had a podcast guest the other day Elliot who wrote a book called I can't remember the title about men, the responsibility of men mm. there's a lot of pressure on things like TV uh, caricatures of macho men on TV and all that stuff and I had a really interesting conversation with him. So I come across as quite opinionated. I come across as quite direct. Uh, I think I tell a story about the broken arm. You know, if you went to, if you've got a broken arm and you go to the hospital and you've got a choice of seeing two consultants, right? The first consultant says, well, I'm going to have a read about, you know, I'm going to take into people's point of view and I'm going to, I read this on the internet and what do you think? And I'm going to ring up my buddy. Or the guy that says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. You're going to do this, 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 and do that. And then your arm will stop hurting. Which one would you want? You'd, it's, it's the authoritative and presumptive approach, um, which isn't for everybody. 
Mm -hmm. It isn't for everybody. No, you're absolutely right. So can you share with us how did your, you know, like uh, your life journey continued and how did you land where you are right now? <laughs> how did I land where I am right now? Um, well, like I said, the government money ran out and I got to figure out what I wanted to do. I had a skill set which I originally started to try and sell stuff that I was uh, talking about. So I did train the trainer, I did time management, I did uh, recruitment and selection for managers. Because I worked in quite a diverse, I worked in debt recovery, I worked in contact centers, I worked in various, so I don't have an expertise in very much. If you want an expert in debt recovery, for instance, I'm not your guy. If you want an expert in recruitment and selection, you go onto LinkedIn, they'll get a million of them. So I got a diverse skill set uh, of, of various things that didn't work, the selling training courses didn't work. And I figured that, you know, um, you type in time management into, into Amazon. And the last time I looked, there were 60,000 books. You know, well, good luck on, on getting to the top of, of that pile. It ain't, you ain't going to do it. And about, I was doing a series called Tuesday's Webinar a few years ago. And I, one of my kids got a book, a Guinness Book of Records book. And they were looking at technology stuff and being of the age. They were looking at technology stuff. And I thought, I wonder if there's a record for the longest, for the most people on a webinar. Uh, and it turns out there was. And uh, it's 30,000 and something. I thought, well, that's not going to happen. Uh, but there was a record for the longest webinar, and it was 36 hours and a few seconds. And I thought, that's doable. That is something that with my, I would say, I don't want to particularly talk about my athlete. Now, I'm a triathlete. I've done triathlon for just over 20 years. Uh, and I think that possibly drives the the get. I want to get to the finish line. Right? I want to get to the the, the next thing. Um and I thought that's doable. That that thirty six hours, how hard can it be? Mm -hmm. um, from ten o'clock Tuesday morning till till ten o'clock Wednesday night. So I rounded up a load of people. We broadcast for thirty six hours, twenty three minutes, and a few seconds, and we failed on a technicality of uh, we didn't provide remote footage. I'm talking to you now because we didn't pay the Guinness fee. For the Guinness man, uh, you've got to pay, and you've got to pay for him to show up. Uh, I didn't pay that. You had to provide evidence of stuff in the form of video footage because I didn't provide evidence of the remote speakers. I got yanked on a technicality. And when I was looking for, uh, if I use the word scrounging, Divya, would you know what that means? Mm -hmm. So I was scrounging around for help. People that wanted to, maybe people that aren't, it's kind of good, good natured begging. Uh, I was scrounged around for help, and I could tell that looking at somebody's face before they even spoke, uh, do you want to help? Do you want to stay up? And they could be put into almost two categories. The first one was, what, you're going to stay up all night and talk to people all around the world about business? I don't want to do that. That sounds boring. And the second category of people were, what, you're going to stay up all night and talk to people all around the world? I want to be in on that. I'm in. And and we didn't know it at the time, but 
they became the funky thinkers because they were able and willing to look beyond what was there. Just the same as the guys back in the local authority that were stuck. I call them normalites. They're stuck in their way of thinking. Uh, they're stuck in the way of everybody else. And uh, I don't want to live in that world. That's why I like talking to uh, interesting people like you because there's a different perspective. You know, most businesses fail. Most businesses uh, follow the same old marketing. Uh, it makes sense to look beyond our own horizons because uh, solutions don't break through from within your uh, school of thought. They come from outside. I know by talking to interesting people, can we? I, I talked about athletes, right? My, my eldest son, he started running. He's quite a good runner. He beats me now quite easily. Uh, and I just figure he's 20. Right? I figure that for the human race to move on, kids have got to beat their parents so i'm just doing my bit for human the human race right my my son is beating me all right so if we all did that we'd move on as a race all right does that make mm -hmm. sense oh it does make sense yeah no that's that's a good story and so you talked about doing 36 hours that's a long time wow so what would you say stands out in your memory from that 36 hour marathon um, of, uh, webinar broadcasting or broadcasting I would say, uh, well, we didn't, we didn't broadcast for 36 hours. We had a hiccup halfway through. So strictly speaking, we didn't break the record unofficially, even though it was officially. So there was the panic of that, knowing that we'd failed, but we were going to carry on anyway. That's a very British thing. We know that we'd failed because of a technical error after about, but I thought, you know, we might as well carry on. You might as well, you might as well get to the finish line. You might as well do it. Uh, and secondly, uh, the well, as a result of that, the the ability of people to sh and this is a social media lesson. If you've got something humble to share, people will share it. Okay, here's the new link to sign on again, right? And that got shared a thousand times in five minutes. Mm. You know, there's no buy this, go buy this, go here and buy that. Hey, if you want to listen to all these people, you've got to share this link, right? And that got shared a thousand times, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and the very end was quite humbling when, you know, we, we, we had a bit of a bit of a party afterwards and some of the speakers actually physically came around and we had a Chinese takeaway and that. Uh, and that was humbling. And then it, we, we kind of knocked down everything very quickly and it was just, it was over. It's kind of, I can understand high performing athletes when they get to that, they dedicate so much time and then it's gone. That, that feeling is gone. Right. That feeling is gone. But to me... Yeah. Failure was an option for you. You continued, you plowed through it, you finished it. Yes, from Guinea's book of perspective, you were not able to get it because there was a technical glitch, but think about it. Even with technical glitch, you did that for 36 hours. And to me, that's what matters because so many times, you know, we are looking at the final result. And yes, I'm not saying that results don't matter. As a matter of fact, results do matter because results are the first stepping stone to your next success. Results matter, but let's say in this case, because you moved beyond that failure of technical glitch, what it built was it gave you the result of perseverance. It built that skill set within you that, okay, yes, I may not have done it, 
I may have experienced technical glitch, and yet at the same time, I'm ready to move on. Yeah, and I took a while to realize that, you know, uh, people, people like things. This was another lesson, actually, that people like things that are familiar. So everybody's heard of Guinness Book of Records, right? And so to get in there, and I realized, you know, to get in there, so what? I, no, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any, I'm not in there. Nobody's going to come around to my house and, you know, steal my TV and, and stop me from getting on the, nothing's going to happen. There's nothing, there's nothing, uh, and I'll probably do it again, unofficially. Mm-hmm. You know, an, un, an unofficial, a, a renegade longest webinar. And just, you know, they're just a brand. They just, they wanted, they quoted us, to be quite honest, over 10,000 euros for the Guinness guy to show up. And, you know, that's, that's their business, right? Right. People pay it, happy days. So from, from failure, I don't view it as a fail. I view it as a, just a lesson to, uh, to, to learn from. That's fantastic. I really I like that. I, I, didn't, I, don't, I didn't want to be in their book anyway. You know, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> does that make sense? Oh, it does make sense. Yeah. It definitely makes sense. So uh, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your uh, funky podcasts. Funky Thinkers podcast, because I know you have already mentioned it. Mm. Where can people find it? And uh, where can they find you? Well, you can uh, go, the probably best place to start is just my website, which is just jonathan.biz. That's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N.biz. You can find the link to all the Funky Thinker back episodes there. Uh, I've interviewed people from Australia, India, um, a lot of North Americans, obviously. Um, there's a free, I've come across as very direct and I realized recently that I got the bottle that and I, I, I came with the Funky Thinkers Guide to Time Management. Uh, and at the moment that is just on funkythinkers.com. So you can go and get the, the, the quite direct, I've been quite nice with you, but you know, I can, <laughs> <laughs> I can do shouting if you want. No, 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 I don't do shouting. It's just, all of this is personal awareness, awareness of, you know, what we want to do in life. We all have different goals. We all have different ways of getting to our goals. So Funky Thinker's Guide to Time Management is probably the place to start for, you know, my thinking on things like email and, you know, distractions and dealing with pressure and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, that, that definitely makes sense. So mm. now you have been through a very interesting journey in your life. And if you were to capture top three things, that our audiences kind of could take away. You know, you always say that you know practical stuff, tactics, and all that. If there were three things they could go and implement in their lives, what might they be? I think you've got to have a a mentality that says, "I'm going to disregard distractions." I mean, I talk about this in the uh, the Funky Thinkers Guide to Time Management. If you think of if you think of uh, old Star Trek with James Kirk, right? they, they would go on to far-flung destinations. But at some point, they would have a, a mechanism that said, we're not going there because it's too far or it's too painful or it's too uncomfortable. You've got, to have a, you've got to have a desire to want to get to unusual places, but you've got to have a bailout procedure as well. Mm-hmm. Decision-making. Awesome. Decision-making. Yeah, I suppose that's it, yeah. You've got to take care of your body, mm-hmm. um, because if you haven't got that, 
you haven't got anything. So that's, that's, that's drinking water, doing a little bit of stretching, doing a little bit of aerobic activity, be that running, cycling, swimming in my case, um, any kind of aerobic activity. And you've got to look beyond, the third thing is you've got to look beyond your current surroundings. This is back to the James Kirk thing and say, okay, what, what would happen if I listen to that guy i was talking i did a podcast recently with an australian guy and he has he has subscriptions to uh sydney morning herald uh, the guardian of london new york times washington post uh somewhere in india times of india i think it is to get that different perspective uh, mm. he also has a map of the world upside down on his office wall and i thought what a smart thing to do get a yes. different get a different perspective Absolutely. Yeah. No, this has been a lot of fun, Jonathan. Thank you for sharing your insights. And I, I like what you... I don't normally share a lot of this stuff. So, you know, you're quite honored. And, and thank you for the trust, like I said, when you started. Oh, absolutely. You know, from my interactions uh, that I've had with you, I've never seen you. Yes, I've seen you being direct. I've never <laughs> seen you being <laughs> outlandish at all. And here's what I'll say that it's important to be direct because then the other person knows where you're coming from, where do you stand? Yeah. It's uh, and what are your expectations rather than coding, sugarcoating things where you find out at a later day in your time, that oh, this is not working out. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's back to the broken arm syndrome. Mm -hmm. You'd want, you'd want the guy that's going to sort it out. Yes. You'd, absolutely. Want, you'd want him. Mm -hmm. Guarantee hundred percent every time. Agreed. So we are nearing to the end of the show and listeners, you know, first of all, on your behalf, I'm going to thank the Jonathan for joining us. And also I'm going to thank you listeners because without you, this show would not be possible. You always come, you always join us. So yes, this is a recorded show. Feel free to reach out to me at contact.diviaparik.com or reach out to Jonathan. And if there are any questions, we will answer. And also reach out to me and share, like, you know, what kind of stories do you want me to bring to you that will help you go to next level in your life? Get that breakthrough that you're looking for because I'm here to serve you and I'm fully invested in your success. So greatly appreciate that. And I also want to thank my sound engineer, Rebel. Without you, the show would not be possible. So until next time, be brilliant and take care. And we'll meet again on Monday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Bye for now. Thank you for being part of Beyond Confidence with your host, Divya Park. We hope you have learned more about how to start living the life you want. Each week on Beyond Confidence, you hear stories of real people who have experienced growth by overcoming their fears and building meaningful relationships. During Beyond Confidence, Divya Park shares what happened to her when she stepped out of her comfort zone to work directly with people across the globe. She not only coaches people how to form heart connections, but also transform relationships to mutually beneficial partnerships as they strive to live the life they want. If you are ready to live the life you want and leverage your strengths, learn more at www.diviapark.com. And you can connect with Divya at contact at diviapark.com. We look forward to you joining us next week, Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time.